you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone, he alone is worthy of our worship. He alone is worthy of our service. He alone is worthy of us doing this broadcast together. And uh, I'm pretty excited about that. That subject yesterday, they were talking about the cost to follow Christ, looking at leading up to the identification with Christ. And and that's where we're going today. In just a few minutes, we're going to continue on with our verse-by-verse study on the life of Christ. We're going to be in the book of John, chapter 19. And today we're going to be looking at verses 17 through 18. But before we do that, I want to look at an identity with Christ. Before we do that, good morning, Kevin. Good morning, brother. How are you, man? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm getting wound up, man. <laughs> I am too. I, I love the opportunity and so thankful. Yeah, I'm getting wound up, folks. It's one of those days where I just get wound up. And uh, But the Bible teaches us a lot of things that are going on here. And uh, we got to remember our identity with Christ does a couple things. And over in 2 Corinthians 5.17, that big memory verse that people get saved when they're in a the new Christian class, when they're reading a book about becoming a new Christian, when they're doing that, one of the things folks do is they remind folks, you're a new person. The Bible actually says these words, therefore, if any man, any person be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So we talked yesterday and we said we have to deny ourselves. We have to deny yourself. We all have to do it. It's a, it's a step we all have to take. But when we do that and we accept Christ and we get out of Christ's way and we deny ourselves after accepting him, uh, this new creature, God can start doing a work in our life. And it's amazing. You know, when you, when, when you look in the mirror and you say, God, how did I get here? And how did you help me to be this kind of person? How did I do that? That. Debbie and I just recently uh, watched the movie, uh, I Can Only Imagine. And uh, it turns out to be a really good movie. Mm. And uh, this young man is is raised, he's beat, his father treats him terrible, the mother takes off. His father does all kinds of things to this kid. And along the way, this kid takes off to start a band. And and I don't know his name or anything like that. But but anyway, it, it's they do this song, uh, I Can Only Imagine. And this kid goes out and everything he does from a secular perspective doesn't work. And then all of a sudden, he starts writing a couple Christian songs and they start exploding on the scene. And so he goes home and he, he can't get a contract. Nobody will do anything for him. But he goes home and he finds that father that beat him and abused him and did all that became a born again Christian. Mm-hmm. And his father said, if God can forgive me and you, can't you forgive me? He told his father, I can't forgive you. Then over the next couple of days, he realized that his father was genuinely different. And God put something in his heart that was spectacular. And his father did have an identity with Christ. And he wrote in his book, he wrote, the father I always wanted, I have now, and he's dying. And he died. And he went to the funeral and the grandmother looked at the son and said, I can only imagine what he's doing right now in heaven. Mm. And this young man pulled out his book and wrote down, I can only imagine. And he told the story, what God did with my father, he can do with any one of us. And Kevin, that's what God does. He loves doing that. Yeah, there's those scriptures that say, that say uh, now unto him that is able to do exceeding above, 
that uh, all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us or something like that. I'm not at the scripture, but it's something close to that. But what we can ask or think, and it says the love of Christ passeth knowledge. So, yeah, we can only imagine, you know, I hath not seen or ear heard, you know, but he's revealed them unto us by his spirit. So it's kind of cool that everyone's while. <laughs> God opens, you know, kind of the the rose of our heart blooms into a wonderful, wonderful experience where we just get to sense that uh, that God is just doing something wonderful, and I like it. I like it. You know, we are Christ's, and um, you know, I I like to use this term. Christ is my all in all. And I've said that to a couple people in my description of, you know, what I want to be and how I see myself. And, and, and sometimes I just kind of stop like, wow, that's weird or different. But, you know, if you think about it, we belong to Christ. So he is our all in all. Now he's all in all because number one, he's sufficient to be our all in all. I've tried to make people into my goddess. I had a girlfriend years ago. She was my God or goddess, you could say. And, um, and and she but the problem is because she failed i was possessive of what i what my image of her was so i was hyper or i was jealous of what the image of her i thought should be and i became possessive of her hyper possessive she went on vacation for 2 weeks and uh, i just was so upset that she would leave me because she was my all in all but she was not sufficient to be that she would write letters back from the beach and say hey i'm a nice guy we're swimming don't worry about me i know you miss me but don't worry about me i was like are you kidding <laughs> i'm going to come kill this guy what's his name and uh, she told me his name but uh, i didn't go kill him because i got saved literally those two weeks that she was gone i was so eaten up about the fact that my goddess had let me down and i was so mad about it that i she had given me a bible she wasn't saved but she knew i needed it and so i took that bible and opened it up and i said what's wrong with me and god showed me in his word that i was a sinner and that i was the object of of god's wrath as a sinner that's what the bible says the wrath of god abideth on him he that believeth not um is un, but is under the wrath of god john three eighteen and john three thirty six, and that i was the object of god's desire to save because i said lord if you want me save me i know you're you know i just know that i'm the problem here it's not any it's not my parents it's not my girlfriend it's me oh lord stand in the need of salvation and I got on my knees, and I got all, uh, and I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. When I got up, I can tell you this: I was not perfect, and I still am not. But Christ was my all in all. Amen. And uh, when my girlfriend got home, I didn't jump on her back. You know, I didn't say, "Where were you? What is this guy?" I said, "Hi." I mean, I wasn't even trying to be religious. I was just like at peace because I had finally found someone sufficient to be my identity. And you know what? I don't ever want to stop wearing that banner over me because, uh, you know, Song of Solomon says his banner over me is love. That's good enough for me, brother. 
That's pretty great. Love to have, too. I'll tell you, agape love. And I was just looking at the Bible again, listening to what you were saying, and, and remembering over in 1 Peter 2, nine. but we are a chosen generation. You know, we're, here mm. we are in the age of grace. Folks, when we accept Jesus Christ, I mean, our generation has it made. Uh, now, people ask me, I got a question not too long ago that I wanted to share with everybody. We got a minute here to do that. Someone said, did, did, how did people get saved? Did, were people born again in the Old Testament? No. So people in the Old Testament were looking forward and believing in the fulfillment of Jesus Christ coming. So it was the same Savior. It's just they weren't born again. They were at that time believing in the fulfillment of Scripture. And I know I'm answering the person who asked me this online, but I wanted to do that. Tune in. And uh, tune in. You'll get more of this stuff. And uh, so it's not the... So there are there Old Testament states? Absolutely. There are people who totally sold out and believed that Christ was coming back to redeem them. And yeah. Jews were saved back. Jews were getting saved back then until Christ sure. came, and they denied him. And so, but we're a chosen generation, Amen. a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, uh, that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness to his marvelous night. Uh, Kevin, his marvelous light, in a minute or so, talk mm. about that. Yeah, well, I want to say this too. You're, you're right. There was no new birth, per se, in the Old Testament, because the, you know, what's it say? Second Corinthians five seventeen. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So Jesus Christ did not live in people. So God's spirit did not unite with man's spirit as as uh, as one in the Old Testament. The spirit of God came upon them and so forth. And I know King Saul. It says he became a new man, and he did become a new man. He cha God changed people, but as you know, with King Saul, he flipped and went right back to the hog yeah. slop. But yeah, no, we have um, cuckoo we, for cocoa puffs. <laughs> yeah, he became an. I mean, he, you talk about a narcissist. Saul was a bad dude. But yeah, we've got such a better hope in Jesus Christ, and what we've got going for us today, Doug. There's no way that anything could ever compare to it. We're in this 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 age where the grace of God is revealing Christ to people. When I came back from my vacation or when my girlfriend got back, like I was saying, and I was saved, she saw such a difference. I was able to lead her to Jesus Christ. Wow. Praise God. And uh, it's still about sweetly saved with tears. God, God's in the redemption business. Yeah. He's still saving them, isn't he? He's still saving souls today. He'll save yours. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, listen to everything Charity has to say at the end of this broadcast today. Contact us. We would, we would love uh, to take the opportunity and, and just see you follow God and trust him. For I know the thoughts. I love that over in Jeremiah 29, 11. It reverberates in my mind. I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. So when your days go bad, you're all in for Christ. You're a chosen generation. He has good thoughts for you. It's the knuckleheads who don't. Hey, folks, yep. hang on. We'll be right back. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. It's 
great having you with us again. Thanks for tuning us in. Thanks for being part of this. We continue to move forward uh, in the book of John, looking at a verse-by-verse study of the life of Christ. It's, I don't see it coming to an end soon. We moved to the three books called the Synoptics, or the other three Gospels, from here, continuing to fill in the blanks that weren't necessarily covered. Then we go back in the Old Testament. We look for names of God along the way. We look at how God changed people. He was there at the beginning of creation. Uh, He's still there now. So we continue to move forward with that. We find ourselves today in the book of John chapter 19, starting in verse 17, going through verse 18. And he bearing his cross went forth into a palace called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha where they crucified him and the two other with him on either side, one, either side, one, and Jesus in the midst. So there was one on either side of them. And uh, we're going to get into that. I know we cut off things at, at weird times. Uh, so we know that, that the Lord gets crucified with two people who are guilty. Remember, there's not a guilty thing. God can't lie. He wasn't guilty of anything. Nothing went on. I'm so glad that we identify with the crucifixion. I mean, here's a central event that goes on in our lives for all eternity. And, uh, but again, it carries this significance with it. Here's Jesus as the ultimate sacrifice for humanity, and he's getting crucified uh, with two just normal sinners. There was no, nothing great. And uh, as we continue on and we look at this, this is what I'm thinking about when I identify with Christ. I identify with Christ not only as a cool thing saying, hey, I'm a Christian. I, I'm not going to wear the world's biggest cross, but I wore a cross for 30-something years and lost it. I have a cross somewhere around that I enjoy wearing and things of that nature. But I want to identify with Christ in my actions. I want to identify with Christ with my work. I want to identify with Christ through my family. I want to identify with Christ through my friends. I want to identify with Christ through all I do. You know, we're called to take up our own crosses and follow him, folks. We're called, follow me. And, uh, you know, there's a saying at Fort Benning, Georgia, with the infantry school down there, uh, Brother Kevin, where they got a picture of a guy's arm in the air and he's saying follow me it's actually on their distinctive unit insignia patch as well follow me and the idea is in the army you follow your leader you follow your leader wherever you have to follow that leader is going to be right out front you don't have to worry about that sergeant being somewhere in the back say go right go left they're right out front the leader people we lead from the front and uh, our god leads from the front you know how greatly he led us He got on a cross, folks, and died for Mm. our sins. He got on a cross and got crucified between a couple of old sinners like me, like Kevin, like all of us. And he he gave his life for us, Kevin. Mm. Boy, the guy that's out front leading, like you said, at Fort Benning, everyone's looking at him like, wow, the bravery. Let's get behind him. We've got to get behind him. And Jesus Christ, I never thought about it. He's up on a cross, and it says, and I, if I be lifted up, it's talking about on the cross, by the way, because it talks about even so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. It's a couple times it talks about being lifted up. But when he was lifted up, it says, he shall draw all men to himself. You know, there's something about the man on the cross that draws people to him because if he's willing to lead in such a way that he dies, like he, in other words, someone's going to have to die for sins. He says, I'll be that one. But you're not a sinner. I know. But 
I've got to be the one to die for sinners, though I'm not a sinner, because sinners can't die for sinners. Sinners die for their own sins, and it's never enough payment. I'll die for your sins because I'm not a sinner. But yeah, but you're perfect and you're infinite. I know. I've got to be perfect and infinite to die, infinite to die for all these people. And, um, you know, all the, you're omnipotent. I know that my, I have to be sufficient in my, because of my all power, I, I have to lay that down here and, cl- and be on that cross because it has to be sufficient. It takes power to be sufficient. And, uh, and I just want to say that we follow him. I'm drawn to the cross. Nothing has changed my life like the preaching of the cross. As a young Christian, the preaching of the cross changed my life. I remember as a brand new Christian, within days of being born again, I was watching TV and there was this movie on, uh, uh, Doug called Dark Night of the Scarecrow. <laughs> and it was, it, they, what they did is uh, some narcissistic people in the cop force of this little small town USA uh, chased this retarded guy and tried to blame someone's death or, or someone's hurt on this retarded guy and, and on this guy who was slow. And uh, anyway, someone hid him in a scarecrow uniform up on a cross, so to speak. It was his grandmother or something like that. And so he's there hanging out in the back 40 in a cornfield. And they're like, well, we can't find this guy. And all these corrupt narcissistic cops are looking around. We don't see him. We, we don't see him. And the leader of the narcissist is like, well, I, f- I think he's here. And they go up to the scarecrow and his eyes are moving. He's like, oh, no. So he turned, he turned all the shotguns loose of the entire force on the scarecrow. Scarecrow, and there's someone in it, and it's this innocent guy who's just different. Who want they want to blame for? They're projecting as a good narcissist will do their guilt, their problems onto the innocent, and that's what Jesus Christ exactly did on the cross. And I'm a brand new Christian. Days, Christ is my all in all for days, and uh, and and I remember watching that and uncontrollably bawling like a baby because I said, wow, this is incredible. And it was, it it was a marker for me in my Christian life because I said, wow, the cross is everything. Jesus Christ really is worth, like you said, Doug, following. If he's willing to be out front and do that, I want to follow him in life and in death. Yeah, boy, where he goes, I will follow. I will follow Jesus. I love that song and the sentiment, and that's good. You know, there's markers in our life, folks, and uh, I believe every one of us have to have a place in our life where we stare at the cross, Yeah, you know, and and in our minds Mm. and with the Bible in front of us and say, God, what do you have for me? What am I to take from all this? Am I to take, you know, I think there's some agony. There's many things that should enter our life for a while, for a season. I mean, one of the toughest things I would always tell people at colleges, Bible colleges and seminaries and things of that nature, people would invariably ask the question, you know, how do I know if I'm called to missions? I say, do whatever God tells you to do. And if you can do anything else, do it. Because if it's from God, you're not going to be able to do anything else. You're just not going to be able to do that. Because, uh, you know, the easiest thing for me, and and I'm no hero. I wasn't even a a good person picked to serve God. He could have picked up many, many better people than me. Uh, But for me, the easiest thing was to take that government job. I'd be retired a second time right now. Uh, You know, I'd be living outside of D.C. as a GS-15 or an SAS, retired. You know, getting another seven, eight grand a month, you know. 
you know. But I'm telling you, I get to serve God and see people saved and see lives changed. And, and, and Kevin, there's something to be said about an identity with Christ. And part of having an identity with Christ is knowing Christ. And remember, and they feared exceedingly over in Mark chapter 4 and said one to another, what manner of man is this? We got to know the manner of God. We got to know everything about him, Kevin, don't we? We do. We do. I sought for a hero and I found none. But when I found Jesus, I found the, the perfect hero in the sun. And that that kind of thing is is the thing that changes your life. I, th- I feel, Doug, I fear, Doug, there's a lot of people that plug into an earthly hero. It might be a preacher. It might be someone on a podcast. It might be someone that you just, you're dating or whatever, and you're just looking for the perfect hero. And they let you down and you blow out because you are not plugged into the hero, Jesus Christ. Hey, I didn't die for anyone. Doug didn't die for anyone. Uh, uh, you can't find someone that's going to be a sufficient hero. You need someone omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. You need someone willing and worthy and and rich enough to pay a price for you and come to him with your sin. Don't you? Hey, people look for their identity in everywhere but Jesus Christ. You'll never be satisfied with any other identity. Pick your identity, folks. Pick your identity with Christ, his suffering, his sacrifice. Take up your own cross and follow him. And you do that when you deny yourself and make it about Christ. Make your life about Christ today. And man, everything else will come together. Everything will be wonderful. We sure do love you. Let us know if there's anything we can do for you. Come back tomorrow and we'll be talking about the resistance to truth. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.